0: This whole month is this missionary month, this month of October. And each week we've been looking at these different P's of the mission. The first week we looked at the P of power, that the Holy Spirit is the one who comes upon us. He's the one who empowers us to be able to go out and share the gospel. Last week we looked at the P of prayer. We saw that prayer needs to undergird that whole process of evangelization, of being able to share Christ with others. And we invited everyone to be able to pray about who the Lord may be inviting you to share him with, to write out a list, and to begin to pray for those people. And this week we hear this third P in this second reading, this letter of St. Paul to Timothy. He says, proclaim the word. But listen to how he says it, because he doesn't just say to him, Proclaim it when it's easy. Proclaim it when it seems like the right time. No, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingly power, proclaim the word. It's a powerful statement. What we may not realize is that that those words, I charge you and then in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, that's actually taken from an ancient Greek formula. It's a rite of succession. When somebody was handing on the office to somebody else, they would say these words, I charge you, and they would do that in the presence of witnesses. And this is what St. Paul is doing. Sometimes this second letter of St. Paul to Timothy is referred to as St. Paul's last will and testament. He knows that his life is coming to an end. He's in jail right now. Next week, we're gonna hear this portion of this letter in which St. Paul writes to Timothy, I am about to be poured out as a libation. He knows that he's about to be killed. And so he's writing to Timothy because he knows that Timothy, just like maybe many of us, is a little bit subject to fear. That It's not easy for him to step up to the plate to be able to proclaim the gospel as St. Paul's been doing. And so he writes him this letter exhorting him, motivating him, encouraging him to be able to proclaim the word. And not just when it's easy, he says. He says, proclaim the word, be persistent, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. There's a strong sense of urgency here. But The question is, why so much urgency? Because to our ears today, it could seem, it could seem a bit pushy or a little bit intolerant maybe, according to our standards today. But we can think of it this way. Think of all of us here as if we're poor beggars. We're all poor beggars. And one of us here, one person here, finds this place where they give out fresh, homemade, baked bread every day. And that one person, would it be intolerant of that person, would it be pushy of that person to tell all of us and say, hey, over there they're giving out this great bread every day. That's evangelization. Evangelization is a poor beggar telling other beggars where the bread is. And Saint Paul, he's not just telling where the bread is, he's telling where the bread of life is, who the bread of life is. And he's urging Timothy to be able to share that good news with others. And he tells him to do it with persistence, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whenever it's easy and whenever it's not so easy. If there was somebody that did this with persistency, it was St. Paul. In his second letter to the Corinthians, it's the one place where he writes out, he writes out this list of everything that he went through as he proclaimed the gospel. Listen to this reading. He says, five times at the hands of the Jews, I received 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. I passed the night and a day on the deep on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, from robbers, from my own race, from Gentiles, in the city, in the wilderness, at sea, among false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, through hunger and thirst, through frequent fastings, through cold and exposure. Talk about persistence. The question that this raises is, why did he do that? How did he find this energy and this force to just keep on going? And the answer is because he had had a very real encounter with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had appeared to him in a very special way, and he knew he knew he had a certainty that Jesus Christ was alive. He had experienced Jesus' mercy in a powerful way, because St. Paul, he had done terrible things. Many people had been killed at his approval but he had experienced the Lord's mercy and then the Lord calling him to this mission to go and proclaim the word. And the same is true for us. If we've encountered Jesus Christ really, truly, if we've experienced his love, his mercy, if we know that he's alive, and it begins to awaken in us a desire to share that with others. Just like St. Paul, it's not just for us. It's for other people as well. It wouldn't be pushy or intolerant. It would be selfish to keep that to ourselves. Then I think sometimes another question arises in this, and that is, well, do we have to actually proclaim it? Could it be just enough to live out our faith? You know, we live out our faith. Isn't that enough? And that is a good thing. It is good to live out our faith. In fact, that's going to be the topic of next week's homily the power of presence, but it's not enough. This is what Pope St. Paul VI writes in this document, Evangelii Nunciandi, which we've been working our way through in these weeks. He says, the good news proclaimed by the witness of life sooner or later has to be proclaimed by the word of life. There is no true evangelization if the name, the teaching, the life, the promises, the kingdom, and the mystery of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, are not proclaimed. If you read through the Gospels, there's this common thread that as soon as somebody has a real encounter with Jesus Christ, the first thing that they go and do is they tell others. And there's so many stories of that, but there's one that really stands out, I think, and that's the story of the good, of the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman, if you'll recall that story, she is an outcast because of the things that she's done in her life. She doesn't want to even be seen in public, and so she goes to the well in the middle of the day when nobody else is out in public. And that's when Jesus encounters her. She has her encounter with Jesus. And he restores her dignity. He teaches her that she's a daughter of the Father, just like everybody else. And after that encounter, the first thing that she does is she goes back into the town and she begins to share with others. About Jesus Christ I found the Messiah come come and see come and meet him and John what he writes in the gospel is that many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified because of her word because of her testimony they began to believe ever since the beginning this has been the case Andrew he invited Peter John invited James Philip told Nathaniel Matthew told all his friends when he encountered Jesus. And the same continues on through history. St. Paul, he writes to the Romans, but how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone to preach? How are they going to hear about Jesus if no one is willing to preach? That's what he's questioning them. On a more personal note, I know I would not be here today I would not be here if it were not for the persistence of one friend that I had that invited me over and over and over again to come on a retreat that deeply impacted my life. And maybe the same can be said of many of you, that you wouldn't be here if it weren't for somebody that had invited you. So the final question tonight is, okay, how can we do it? How can we proclaim? And the answer is simple. We can bring together these Ps that we've been looking at. Pray, proclaim, and keep on praying. Pray like we said last week. Pray, ask the Lord, Lord, who can I invite? Who can I tell? Who can I share you with? Write out your list and begin to pray for those people. That's the first thing that you need to do. Before speaking with them, pray for them. Then go and proclaim. And this can be done in many different ways. You can write an email to them. You could write a letter to them. You could share a good video, a good talk, a podcast, a good book that you've read with them. You could share your testimony with them, what Christ has done in your life. You could invite them to something. Specifically this month, what we're doing is the proposal is for everyone here to be able to invite at least one friend to the final Sunday Mass of this month, October 30th. It's a Mass specifically geared for new people the homily, everything. And then keep on praying. Once you've invited them, keep on praying. Water that invitation, water that seed that you planted with more prayer. It sounds so simple, and it really is, but it's also very powerful. And I've seen it played out so many times, so many times, and I've seen that it works. But I just want to end by sharing one story with you about how I saw this in action. Very early on, when I was still in college at Oregon State, We were organizing a retreat, and everybody on the team was invited to do just this, to pray, to come up with your list, to begin to pray for that list of people, then to go out, invite invite them, and keep on praying. And we were all doing that. And one girl, she shared this testimony after the retreat of somebody that she had invited. She said that she had done that, she had written out her list, she was praying, every day she was praying for this list. And one day, she was in her dorm room, and she was working her way through that list and she came on, this, on one of the guys on her list. And as she was praying for this guy, she felt in her heart, go and invite him. Go and invite him. So she did. She knew where he, he lived just two stories above her in the dorm building. So she went up the stairs, went to his door. She said that she was super nervous when she went to do this. It was her first time doing something like this. And She went up to his door, his door. In his dorm and did one of those knocks that you almost hope they don't hear it and she she knocked on his door just really on really softly she waited like three seconds and then she began to leave and he opened the door and he looked out he just barely looked out and he saw her and he said yeah what's going on and she said hey i went on this retreat and it was really powerful and we're organizing another retreat, and I just wanted to be able to invite you as well, because I think, I think that you'd really like it. So he just looks at her, takes the invitation, says, okay, thank you, and shuts the door. And she went back to room, and she said, she went back to room thinking, I failed. Like, that was terrible. That wasn't terrible. But she didn't know what to say, so she went, she went down to room, and as soon as she got down to her room, she receives this text message, and it says, can you please come back? So she goes back. And then she was thinking, What what is going on? So the guy says, Why did you invite me? And then she was even more nervous. She said, I don't know. I I was praying and you came to mind and I've been praying for you, and I think that you would really like this retreat if you went on it. And so I wanted to invite you. And he said, That's pretty crazy. Because he said, I've been feeling really far away from God lately. And I was in in my room. My roommate was gone. And I just started praying. I prayed to God and I told God, God, I feel really far away from you right now. Please give me some sign that you're there. And that's when you knocked on my door. Who is waiting for you to tell them about Christ? Whose life could be deeply impacted if you have the courage to go and tell them Christ has done in your life, if you're willing to proclaim Christ to them, pray, proclaim, and keep on praying, because that's very powerful.